Good morning. There's an, there's an evil plot working at here. Um, this man has a bet how long it'll take me to cry. And so to ensure he won, he scheduled my daughter to sing. And then my oldest daughter's in the front row with her hands raised high. And that wrecks a dad, right? But I'm winning. I'm not crying. Uh, so far. Good morning, New City. I'm, uh, I'm Andrew Black. I'm, I'm just a guy that gets to, to leak Jesus this morning. And so I plan on doing a lot of that. And it'll probably manifest right here. So just uh, bear with me. So in talking through Ephesians, we've, we've come through chapter 1. And it's been, man, it's some of the most foundational Amazing truths um, for the Christian Christian walk. It's not just doctrine. It's 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 an invitation to experience by Paul, um, by the Holy Spirit. I mean, just a vessel. And so, when you know when he talks about things like being seated in Christ in heavenly places, it's not theory. Um, that's a reality. That's that's really that's that's where that's where we are. For everybody that's in the room, that's a believer. That's put that's put Christ on, then this work is active in you. Um, if you have not accepted Jesus yet, you're on the fence, so to speak. Hopefully, you fall in love with Him yet today. Okay, so in talking about the Apostle Paul, I think it's important to to fully understand his commission, um, to understand his calling. Jesus met him on the road to Damascus and knocked him off his. Yeah, it knocked him off of his donkey on his, anyway, he got his attention, and he said that you are my sent one, apostle to the, uh, to the Gentiles, to their kings, and to the children of Israel, right? So he, 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 he commissioned him and said, you're my sent one, and, and take the message. Um, so the word apostle literally means sent one. And it carries the idea of being commissioned and dispatched with authority and power and sent as a person, a personal representative of a powerful figure, or as an official representative of a government. Now, that word was taken from the Roman army. I mean, um, the best representation of it in modern terms would be a, an ambassador. But it was taken from the Roman army, and a, an apostle was a military person, um, who was sent in a newly conquered land with complete backing of the Roman Empire to build infrastructure that looked like Rome in every way. The apostle championed identity, the idea that the person living there was now citizens of a new kingdom and belonged to one that is superior than the former. Um, he would put schools in a place that taught the language, financial system, culture of Rome, the apostle would fortify garrisons, set up peacetime policing, and recruitment centers. If you think about it, that's exactly what the apostle Paul was doing for the kingdom of God um, in, in that exact way. He taught us the language, the culture. In Matthew 6, um, Jesus taught us to pray this way. Actually, this prayer is probably better described as the disciples' prayer because Jesus said the kingdom is near. Then he said the kingdom 
is in you. This is a picture of the transformed life, the New, New Testament life. Kingdom's in you, and then the kingdom's even in your mouth, right? So when he was, he was telling them, this is coming, and there's how you pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That literally means it's, it's an apostolic prayer. It's literally saying with authority on earth as it is in heaven. Kingdom come. I mean, it's, it's, there's, there's power when read in the proper context. So the Apostle Paul was championing this idea of kingdom. Everything he did was furthering the kingdom, okay? Here's scripture backing this. Acts 19, Paul entered the synagogue and spoke boldly there for three months, arguing persuasively about the kingdom of God. But some of them became abstinent. They, they, they refused to believe and publicly maligned the way. Notice way at the end of a sentence is capital. Makes no sense, right? Except it appears in scripture that exact way. It's not... It's not coincidence. In John 12, Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. When they maligned the way, they were coming against everything that the Christian life stood for. So they, they stood in the way to try to oppose it. So Paul left them. He took the disciples. These are people that were following Jesus at Ephesus. And this scripture is actually pertaining to Ephesus. This is what happened when he showed up there. So it's, it's appropriate in the letter to the Ephesians. He taught there for two years. Okay, first of all, he took the disciples and, and had discussions daily in the lecture hall of Tyrannus. This went on for two years so that all the Jews, notice it says all, all the Jews and Greeks who live in the province of Asia heard the word of the Lord. It didn't say believed, it said heard. It's important because we're supposed to be doers of the word, not just hearers only, right? So, <clears throat> Tyrannus. <laughs> Why are we giving the name of that? Well, Tyrannus was the center of, of like the, 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 the elite thinkers of the day. Um, that's where they came to study philosophy and all the deeper, you know, Greek culture items. So when Paul went there and taught the gospel of Jesus Christ, he was saying what he later said in Romans, I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation. He's saying this message stands on its own, and this message can be presented to the greatest thinkers, and I'm not ashamed of it. This, is, this has changed my life, right? <clears throat> yeah, that's an opportunity to cry, but I'm not going to do it. All right. <clears throat> All right, so in establishing that, let's jump right into Ephesians, okay? That was Paul, his commission. He took it very serious, and everything he wrote in this letter and all of his other letters were championed the kingdom. So, as for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live. When you followed the ways of the world, of this world, and of the ruler of the kingdom, of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. Also, all of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of the flesh and following the desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. If you have not put Christ on, you're children of wrath, right? It's not a good 
It's not a cozy, cozy feeling. <laughs> it's not a good, pleasant thought. But in that scripture, it says the spirit that is at work in them. Okay, work. That, that, that word for worketh or work is energio. I mean, it is the word that denotes a force that's energizing. You know, it's where we get our modern word energy from. I think of the Energizer Bunny, like Energio. Come on, that sounds like Energizer. Um, keeps going and going and going, but all batteries lose their power, right? In Ephesians 1, when it says, that power is the same power, the mighty strength that he exerted to raise Christ from the dead and seated him at the right hand of the Father. And remember, we're in him, right? That is dunamis power. Dunamis is dynamite, right? This is where we get our, our word dynamite. It's explosive power. It's just like breaking the tomb open, right? The same force exerted to, to raising from the dead. But the root word of that is dynamo. And dynamo is like a nuclear reaction that's out of control. It's ongoing and increasing and gaining strength. That's the power that's in us. Energio is, is it's, in the, it's in the other. We're talking about two kingdoms right here. So superior is at work in the, in the, the, in the children of God. Mm. All right. But because of his great love for us, God who is rich in mercy made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions, it is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. Man, that's powerful. Uh, seated is a position of authority. Seated. And we're in him. That's also denoting a finished work. Um, the reality of being seated in Christ will only be realized once you dare to believe and receive God's great love and mercy as expressed in his grace. It's all within that one scripture right there. Um, so, in order that in the coming ages he might show his incomparable riches of his grace expressed in the kindness to us in Christ Jesus, for it is by grace that you've been saved through faith and this is not of yourselves. It's a free, it's a gift, a free gift of God, not by works that so, so no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. That's a mouthful. Let's start up here. Incomparable riches. <laughs> There's uh, never ending, uh, bountiful um, riches of his grace expressed and kindness, that word kindness is the Greek word krestotis. I probably blew that up. Anyone who demonstrates this quality of krestotis is considered to be compassionate, considerate, sympathetic, humane, kind, and gentle. I'm reminded that we say a lot of things about God that don't line up with his kindness. His kindness towards us. Somebody that exerts this kind of, that original word, the one that the Holy Spirit said, Paul, write that one. That word says that he's compassionate, considerate, sympathetic, humane, kind, and gentle. 
That's why we were yet sinners. Um, Jesus said that I have come that you may have life and life more abundantly. He said there is a thief, but he comes to kill, steal, and destroy, right? So we say a lot of ugly things about the one that loves us and say that obvious things that the enemy's got his fingerprint on is God, right? At the end of the day, it makes us feel good. But I have to think that it just doesn't line up with that word. Now, in that scripture, you've got two things. It is by grace through faith that you're saved. And it is a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone boast. Both grace and faith are the gift. Romans tells us that each man's received an equal portion of faith, that it's been given the same to all. Grace is God's undeserved, unmerited favor. It's, it's that idea that while you were yet sinners, he died for you. It's, it's his ability to perform this. And he manifests his belief, his faith in this plan that he was the first to give. He gave his son towards this plan, right? He expressed his faith. And it's his faith and it's his ability that's the free gift. Word saved. We just throw that around. I'm saved. I'm saved. Saved is sozo. Saved means healed, saved, delivered, preserved, do well, make whole, keep safe and sound. We go, I'm saved, I'm going to heaven. It's so much more than that. When Paul said, I wish that you may prosper in spirit, soul, and body, it is, you can find one of those attributes in any of those statements. That word, sozo, saved. Jesus said to the woman, he said, your faith has made you sozo right? It's that word. Obvious. It made her whole. That's really the truth of when we're saved. We're made whole. We only accept a small portion of the benefits package, and then we speak evil about the rest of it. <clears throat> so, with, with that in mind, there's another part of that. The word for handiwork at the end of that last scripture. Handiwork or workmanship, depending on what translation you have, is the Greek word poema. Poema means that which is made. This word signifies that which is manufactured, a product, a design produced by an artisan for a specific purpose and considered priceless. Priceless. This is the same word that we get our English word poem from. You are God's poem, handiwork, his masterpiece, his work of art. Doesn't sound like, doesn't sound like anything, but he's proud of you. The same thing that he said about his son at his baptism. That's my son who I'm well pleased. That's my son, my daughter. I'm well pleased. He looks at you as he sees Jesus. And so... That's transferred to you if you're a, a son and a daughter. If you've put Christ on, you've accepted him into your heart, you made him save your life, you are his handiwork. Yeah. Snot bubbles are coming. Oh, man. All right. Therefore, remember that formerly you 
who are Gentiles by birth and called uncircumcised by those who call themselves the circumcision, which is done in the body by human hands. Notice that's in that's that's kind of highlighted there. Uh, it's it's an explanation of that. Remember that at that time you were separate from Christ, excluded from the citizenship citizenship in Israel and foreigners to the covenants, the promise. Without hope, without God in the world, but now in Christ Jesus, but now, but God in Christ Jesus. You who once were far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ, for He Himself is our peace, who has made, who has made the two groups one. What two groups is He talking about? He's talking about the promise given to the ones of the circumcision, which is the Jews. That circumcision was made by human hands, right? But since he's done this mighty work, you've been given a separate circumcision. Circumcision means what? It's the cutting away of old or useless, right? Um, don't worry, there's not going to be a picture pop up of, of that, um, which is comforting to me. So that word circumcision is so important here because what Paul is actually saying is he's made peace between the two. That's two different sides. One saying, we are heirs of the promise, and you're not. You're a Gentile. Matthew 27 and John 19, it says both that Christ was stripped. The John 19 one is important because John 19, when he was stripped, it was at the cross in front of his mother, in front of Martha, in front of the disciple who Jesus loved, John. He was stripped completely naked. They cast lots for his garments. He's, he's standing there. He's, he's hanging there with no dignity. <laughs> he just completely exposed. His circumcision, the proof that he was a son of Abraham, was exposed for all to see. There was no shame. There was nothing hidden. He took that shame for us. Our covenants with Christ, Right? The, the circumcision that every believer in this room has received is of the Spirit, lest no one can boast. It's all God. It's His work in you. The one by human hands, somebody's responsible for it. The circumcision you've received is of the Spirit. When you put Jesus on, the Holy Spirit came in, He set up life in you, the life of God in you, and He started circumcising. He cut away the old. He's cutting away the old. It's the new. It's the new man coming to life. And it's of the Spirit, lest no one can boast. That's one aspect of it. But when I, when I saw that, that Jesus was exposed, right? I mean, that's shame. He took shame so you don't have to. He took embarrassment so you don't have to. It's that power that, that he stood up. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It's all that. It's the mindset. It's identity. It's being proud of who you are. And it's not a false pride. And don't go so far as to get into a false humility either. Know who you are and celebrate it. You are a son and a daughter of the Most High. He destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility. You know, in the temple, they had a Jewish court, the inner and an outer court, which was the Gentiles. And there was a sign there that said, enter at your own risk of death. 
Jews were considered, uh, Gentiles were considered unclean, common, not heirs of the promise. They couldn't go in near where God was in the Holy of Holies, his spirit. It says he, he has set aside in his flesh the law with his commands. He destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility. By setting aside in his flesh the law with his commands. His purpose was to create in himself one new humanity. This is identity. This is what we're talking about. Out of the two, thus making peace. And there's multiple aspects there. Peace between the two humanities and peace between God and man. And the one that stands in the middle of all of it is the Holy Spirit. Jesus said he would send the Holy Spirit. He says, I'll pray the Father and I'll send the Holy Spirit. He'll be a helper, a guide for you, right? So our seal, Hebrews 1, uh, Ephesians 1 tells us that we are sealed in the Holy Spirit. And that seal is proof of our redemption, right? That that's proof. You don't see the circumcision, but the Holy Spirit's at work in each one of you. And it is proof to God the Father that you are his, right? You are his. You've been bought and paid for. Stamp, seal, approved. <laughs> Dearly beloved. Sons and daughters. Mm. No more hostility, right? God through the cross, which he put to death their hostility. Powerful. This is the point where I take off running, but yeah, I'm not going to do that. All right, so hmm. I'm reminded that we've got to renew our mind to this truth. Romans 12.2 says, do not conform to the pattern of this world right? But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good and pleasing and perfect will. Notice right in the middle there, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You know, the world will tell you you're no different. The world will say, yeah, but you just got mad. You know, you just did that. You treated your husband ugly, right? God's grace is so, we can't even fathom his grace, let me tell you how God taught me his grace this last couple weeks. It's identity and grace, right? All in this one package. And it hit me upside the head. Greg Peterson, I don't know if he's here or not, but I see Andrew Pepperdine and Scott. And I see Adolfo Alejandro earlier. These are guys I did life with. Like, I do life with them every week. Rick O'Kane. Adam, and uh, there was a there was another one. Uh, Greg Turnbull was in was in my group. Now, you know, I think it was the twenty first. Greg made a decision that I had no control over, right? But had lasting consequences for my group in this church. And uh, so Greg ended his life. And, and I, you know, 
You do life with somebody. You pray for them. You, you talk to them. You tell them about Jesus. You tell them who they are. And, uh, you know, you get the news. And you think, what could I have done? What could I have said different, you know? Did I not hear God? You know, somehow I've got to be responsible for this, you know? I'm, in a way, acting as a pastor. And God's grace. I don't know what it all means, but I have to think that Greg knew the truth, but the load got too hard to bear, and he didn't know He didn't know fully who he was in Christ. But Christ knew who he was in him. Does that make sense? The, the strong part of the identity is always on one side, right? And so I'm sitting here going, what could I have done different? God used that to say to me, I'm the Lord. You're not. I'm the one. That moves you to say this and this and this. And if you said this and this and this. There's still somebody that's responsible for their own decisions. Man identity blew up in me. I said you know. This is not my yoke to carry. This is not my. It's not mine. I feel the loss. I feel the loss. But in that moment. Identity was 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 brought. To to me. And, and the identity said. I'm the Lord. And I, I, I hold all things, okay? And that's not your load to carry. And he healed me in that. Grace is important in this, this thing because I don't ha we don't have always have to put it all together and make it all make sense to where we can wrap our mind around it. Our mind is so finite, we just don't, we can't get there. We like to say, well, man, that's got lasting consequences for him for eternity. I'm not prepared to make that, that call. Man, it hurt. You know, it hurt. What could I have said different? What could I have done? I would have left in a moment's notice and went and helped. I would have. Your past sin is past sin if you are in Christ. It is not your yoke to carry. It is not your identity. It will, it's not supposed to hold you back. It only will if you allow it. Your identity is in Christ. Christ is your redemption. Christ. And Christ alone. He came and preached peace to you who were far away and preached to those who were near. For through him, we both have access to the Father by one spirit. This is important. We have access to the Father by one spirit. It's a picture of unity. The same gateway to the Father is by the one spirit. Both parts, right? There's neither Jew nor Greek nor, nor free or slave or male or female, but there's one in Christ. Our identity is in Christ. You look around the room and there's not female. There's not, you look at all the different ethnicities, that's not it. It's in Christ. We love to segregate and congregate. In Christ, identity, in Christ. You fix that, love reigns. It just does. All right, in your marriages, yeah, I'm not gonna go there. Um, for for through him, we were both have access to the Father by one spirit. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners. Identity. You've got a family. 
It's in a kingdom, and, and that family reigns, right? The, the king reigns in this family. Consequently, you are citizens with God's people and also members of his household built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. I'm reminded of this. This, Jesus, chief cornerstone, right? Up, in and out. We've heard this around here, right? Up. He's way up there. He's the head. Built on the foundation of the, the, the apostles and prophets, right? What is a prophet? A prophet's one that hears from the Lord. So, here, an apostle is one that goes, a sent one. They do and go, right? And there's a on mission. Let's go. So, it's, it's the idea of this kingdom's built on people who hear and do. It's one of the core principles of our discipleship program here. It is, I've got it up there just so you see it, prophets representing here, apostles representing go and do. Discipleship, if you're a follower of Christ, you hear or read, but this is hearing. Those who have eyes to see, let him see. Those who have ears to hear, let him hear. Hearing and doing. That's the essence. Christ is the head, and he will lead his body as he sees fit. He apportions the gifts as he sees fit. All good things come from him, period. So he's the head. It just takes this whole thing and makes it so much easier to follow somebody that's a clear leader, right? <laughs> he's clearly in charge. All right. I got creative. <laughs> and it's really not that creative because Dennis Graham reminded me that crossword puzzles there's multiple words going every which way that makes make sense. But there's two that make sense on here. And it's a crossword puzzle. Get it? You take that and flip it that way, and that's a cross, right? <laughs> so we laid out the true calling of an apostle. It is a person sent on mission with full authority of the kingdom backing them to set up language and culture and schools for recruitment. They set in place all this kingdom. So when the emperor shows up, he's welcomed. He feels welcomed. The emperor shows up and goes, ah, oh, this is just like, this is awesome. This looks just like Rome. This looks just like heaven. It's Jesus' prayer on earth as it is in heaven, right? So look at this. Look, crossword puzzle. God's grace delivered by the Holy Spirit conviction leads one to Christ who then by faith walks in love as a new creation. This is Ephesians 2. I fell off the stage, did a cool recovery. But <laughs> see that? All the key words. I'm not that clever. I think the Lord had a hand in this. And if you break it down, that is Ephesians 2 in a nutshell. Guys, the Lord is calling his body. He's the head. He's made that clear. We're the body being joined together, knit together, that rises to be called, be, become this, it's a temple, right? Every temple is built on pillars, pillars of faith. That's previous victories where you recount the, the good things God has done for you and you build a pillar of faith in your, in your belief structure and you look back and say, God did that. That's all him. That is Christ and Christ alone. So when you look at that, my question for you is, 
right here. We see this all the time. You family city. It's our, it's our three balls. I like to think of it as a Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. But I don't like the size difference. I don't like the color difference either. It doesn't matter. You family city. Right? So, here's the challenge. Because if I let you walk out here without a challenge, the tension's healthy. It's a good thing. We grow in that environment. So, will you live a life that welcomes the king, right? That he feels comfortable in your life. That he is dominant in your life. That he controls all aspects of your life. Will he exude the king in his kingdom? Will it be a realm of the king's domain? Will your family look the same? And will the king feel welcome in this city? It's, it's kingdom come, right? So each and every one of you are ambassadors. You're sent ones that carry a message. The message is the king, kingdom. Every kingdom has a clear king. In this kingdom, though, right below the king, there's a whole bunch of oneness. It's just a sea. Paul later in Ephesians 4 says, keep the unity of the faith, right? He didn't say start it. He didn't say be it. He said keep it. He is our peace. Will you bring kingdom to your family? And will your family bring kingdom to your neighborhood? Will your neighborhood bring kingdom to your city, right? That's a question. It's a challenge. And it's... it's it's a big one. I think the Lord is just calling his people this morning. He's just saying, come up higher. You know, it's just, come up higher. I'm reminded that in the kingdom, we feed to build appetite. We're in the natural. If you don't eat, it's a sign of sickness. You're not healthy. There's something not right. In the kingdom, that part's the same too. But in the natural, you get hungry, then you eat. In the kingdom, you feed to build hunger. So you get in there. You find out who you are. And you don't let the world rob you of those truths. That's who you are. I am a son and a daughter of the Most High God. He believed it. He paid all for me. He wanted no more separation. He wanted to intimately, for me to intimately know him. Because he's always known me. I knit you together in your mother's womb. The plans I have for you, they're good. <sighs> so, he say, come higher. Renew your mind to the truth. That he paid all for you. He loves you. His plans are good, not evil. Listen, in Bible days, they went out and sowed different than we do today. Sowing, I'm talking about agriculture. I'm talking about they would go out and they would take seed and they would throw it on the ground. They'd scatter it on the ground. 
then they would come around with their ox and their plow and they would plow and they would turn the ground over onto the seed and that would start germination right I'm reminded that scripture tells me that the word of God will not return void that a person that's faithful to sow the seed he will reap a harvest he will see a harvest manifest the word's gone forth this morning and I'm reminded that the seeds have been scattered. I'm reminded that some falls on stony ground, some falls on fertile ground, some falls where the thistles are and it grows up, chokes it out. But I know this, the seed's been sown and I rejoice inside because I know the plow is on the way. It's just a matter of time till, till something springs up in your heart and you, whether it's identity or it's just like, I need Jesus. I need him right now, not a minute later. Today is the acceptable day of salvation. Today. Right now. So, with that being said, I would be doing you guys a huge disservice by not saying, be bold, be courageous. put Jesus on today. Today's, today's an acceptable day. As the band plays this song, I want us to worship, but if somebody needs Jesus, wants Jesus, we all need Jesus, but somebody says, I'm done being my own Lord. I want somebody that's got a plan that's better than mine. I'm running this on the ground. As the band worships, I would like you just to come stand, kneel, whatever you, whatever you feel right here. I guarantee you there are some men and women in this room that will get up and they will come and they will pray. They will pray with you. They will encourage you. They will remind you of all the good things you have in Christ Jesus.